so, you know, you think of it, you know, we're adults now and you still can, I can still see and hear that passion and that excitement from you about that gift. And so that's what we are trying to create for more than 15,000 kids in Colorado each year. That same like memory that draws you back to like being this kid and having this excitement. And, you know, for you, it was like this long-term freedom that you never had before. And so whether it's that or providing a child a book where they can escape into a fantasy or a basketball where they can go and, and shoot hoops and play games with their friends, whatever it is, we want people to remember what it was like to be a kid and then choose to bring that same joy to somebody else. You're listening to Relish This, the Purpose Marketing Podcast. Here's your host, Stu Swineford. Hey, everybody, this is Stu. My guest today is Jessica Bacchus, founder and, and executive director of Kinsey's Causes. Her organization has several ways that they help economically challenged families, providing toys, school supplies, and necessities to help them lead a more normal life. Two really big ideas came out of our discussion. First, how to convey the message that though people like to provide more tangible assistance when giving to nonprofits, often your organization has relationships and infrastructure available to make monetary donations go a lot further. So we talked a lot about how to kind of message that and, and, um, and approach that challenge. And the second, and this is a pretty common cost trap that nonprofit leaders fall into. And this is the idea of where one sees marketing as a cost rather than an investment. And this is exactly the idea of my book, Mission Uncomfortable, and what it seeks to address. So I had a really great conversation with Jessica. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. And uh, here we go. So thanks for joining me on the show today, Jessica. Today I have Jessica Bacchus from Kenzie's Causes joining me. And um Jessica, I'll let you just kind of tee up what it is you guys do and how you help people and make the world a better place. Perfect. Thanks so much for having me. First of all, I really appreciate this opportunity to share about the work that Kenzie's Causes does across the state of Colorado. Um, as you know, COVID um, has created a little bit of a challenge for us, but we are still out there doing the work that we do. Um, our organization runs three programs, two of them throughout the state. Um, that would be our annual toy shop program. Our toy shop program serves children ages birth to 18 at six locations throughout Colorado where families can come free of charge to pick out a new toy, a big toy and a small toy, both of them new for each of their children. And we operate those toy shops in Fort Collins, Longmont, Rifle, Colorado Springs, Pueblo, and the Denver metro area. So that's our biggest program. Um, Last year, we impacted 15,031 kids in the state. So in addition to our toy shops, we work with low-income schools and other nonprofits that serve families in communities that our organization isn't reaching. Um, And we know that this year, uh, the need is bigger than ever. We have been taking calls since September about our holiday program. 
Gotcha. And then we do a backpack program every August. Um, we are in Denver, Rifle, Colorado Springs, and Pueblo, where we give backpacks full of school supplies to children in ECE through 12th grade. Um, again, the parents come pick out the backpack with their kiddos, and it's full of new school supplies to make the start of the year Um better for everyone and give the kids the opportunity to start um, with a level playing field like all um, students and have the supplies they need to be successful. Um, this year we had a record-breaking year for us and served um, close to 4,000 kiddos in need in the state so that was really great given um, the challenges with COVID. Yeah school was a little bit of a mess uh, at the start of the start of the year in terms of what what was actually going on. So I'm sure that that was a super challenge this year. Yes, it was. But you know, what we realized is that for a lot of kids, especially those younger students, they were going back in person and they really needed mm -hmm. that supplies. And then depending on what community the kiddos were in, they would be going back in person. And then what we learned from families who had kids that were um, doing remote learning, there was still that need for those basic school supplies to work on um, assignments at home. So we're really happy that we were able to impact as many kiddos as we could. Yeah, that's, that's great. I can imagine that a lot of lower income kids who normally rely on having supplies provided at school would have would have been really challenged this year. So that's that's a great that's a great program. Yeah, and then we have a program called Kinsey's Kids where we work with families from nonprofit partners and we help offset the needs um, for them to create a stable environment for their kiddos. So in a typical year, we would pay for extracurricular activity fees and school fees. Um, we provide clothing, Halloween costumes, activities, things to just kind of create a normal life um, for them and their families. So in 12 years, we've worked with um, we'll have 50 families that we've impacted and, and, uh, about 40, um, 140 kiddos. That's great. Yeah. How do you, how are you guys finding, it sounds like you, you go through some nonprofit partners as well as uh, obviously through this, through some of the school districts. Are you looking for kind of title one schools? Is that, is that the correct terminology and, and where, where you're tar targeting? Yeah, so we do work with Title, uh, title I schools, um, low-income schools, but basically for our programs, our toy shop program and our backpack program, that's open to any family in need. Um, basically, okay. it's been typically on a first-come, first-served basis. And what we know, because we do get data from all of our families that are served, is that the average family makes $15,000 or less a year. So... Okay. They definitely are living in poverty um, and need our assistance. Mm -hmm. um, for the partners that reach out to us, it's really they come to us, um, you know, organizations, um, schools that are in need. We work with two schools in Greeley and a school in Avon and provide those schools with toys for their students. And so those have really come out of relationships that we've been building over the last 12 years. Um, that they, there's a need in that community and the best way for us to serve that need is not necessarily through an actual event, but through a partnership with a school or a nonprofit. Um, we're only a staff of two. So as a staff okay. of two, we can only do so much in, you know, there are only so many days and so many hours in a week. And so we find that we can still impact um, families in communities such as Avon, uh, Grand County, and Greeley in a very meaningful way, but making a partnership with a school or a nonprofit there. 
Okay, gotcha. I mean, you do have a really big reach for as small of an organization as you are. That's that's fantastic. Has that just been growing over the last? You said you you've been around for 12, 12 so years. So we are getting ready to host our twelfth toy shop in Denver. We have been a nonprofit Great. since um, two thousand and nine. Um, I collected dolls and gave them away for two years before starting the organization. Um, it's just really organic growth. Um, Really, you know, finding communities and partnerships and then somebody in that community seeing what we do and saying, hey, there's a need. Um, Like in Fort Collins, for example, um, the group that runs our Fort Collins toy shop is a group of volunteers. It's a family, husband and wife and two kiddos. And they started volunteering at my toy shop in Denver and did that for several years and then said, hey, we know there's a need in Fort Collins. Would you be willing to expand? And that's how our expansion kind of works. Um, two of our communities, um, we run the second weekend of December. So I go run Pueblo and Julie, who works for me, goes and runs Longmont. So of the six, we run three of them and then we have volunteers run three of them. Okay. That's amazing. Yeah. That's really cool. It is. That's, um, we, we look at, at those opportunities as kind of, um, escalating engagement in so you've you've basically demonstrated the power of of taking a volunteer and and transitioning their engagement and their involvement to something even bigger where they're, they're now running their own little show right um which is just super super cool to see how that how that works like in practice because i think a lot of uh, a lot of nonprofits out there don't necessarily they they haven't wrapped their arms around how to get that to happen or that it can even happen. Um, and a lot of times that journey is really, you know, from a, a fairly linear, you know, volunteer becomes a donor, becomes a super donor, becomes a corporate donor. Um, and, you know, it's, it's cool to see another way of, of transitioning those people who have bought into your program and really understand and see the benefits that you're bringing to the table and being able to, to apply that in a, in a whole new way. That must've been really thrilling when that, when that ask came, yes. when, when, when did that first happen? So I feel like it's been, it's been four or five years. Um, and then, um, you know, our growth into Longmont came from a corporate partnership, um, through somebody who owned a Ford dealership. They have now since sold that, but we've been in Longmont the same amount of time. And my personal piece is, gosh, we really can't pull this program out of a community that we've been in. So we'll just find a way to operate. And um, we did a pivot um, two years ago and Julie started running it and we just changed um, the weekend that it impacted. But it really has become, um, you know, the beautiful thing that I have found is that once people see the work in action, which is the impactful pieces, like when you go and you see the work that we're doing and you see the um, impact that a, that a toy has, whether it's a, you know, a board game or a bicycle, depending on what we have, then you can really understand that your time and your effort is changing the lives of people and communities and creating a quality for kids who need it most. And I would say right now, kids because of COVID need equality more than ever. Um, you know, making in, you know, ensuring that low income families right now, when times are the toughest, have a gift to give their child during the holidays because every child deserves a gift during the holidays. You know, I'm going to ask you this question, Stu. 
What was your favorite gift as a child? Christmas gift. Ooh, that is a great question. I, my very favorite gift, you know, it was probably the first bike that I got, um, which was a red Schwinn Stingray, um, you know, with the awesome banana seat. I'm, I'm dating myself <laughs> here a little bit, um, but it had, you know, the A-Panger handlebars and the, and the sparkly banana seat. And, and that was probably the, you know, the first big gift that I, that I got as a kid in terms of just, you know, this thing that, that produced, it was that gift that kept on giving and that it, it was not only just the excitement of getting it, but also the, the, the freedom that that represented and the, and the way that that enabled me to, to be able to be more mobile and, you know, ride to the, the local, 7-Eleven to, to buy gum or whatever and where that was too far of a walk before. So um, I, I would say that was probably probably the one that that sticks in my mind the most for sure. So, you know, you think of it, you know, we're adults now and you still can, I can still see and hear that passion and that excitement from you about that gift. And so that's what we are trying to create for more than 15,000 kids in Colorado each year. That same like memory that draws you back to like being this kid and having this excitement. And, you know, for you, it was like this long-term freedom that you never had before. And so whether it's that or providing a child a book where they can escape into a fantasy or a basketball where they can go and, and shoot hoops and play games with their friends, whatever it is, we want people to remember what it was like to be a kid and then choose to bring that same joy to somebody else. Yeah, I, I think that's really powerful. I, I love the language that you're using and, and the way that you're framing that and really creating, um, you know, the ability, you know, you asked me the question, you know, what was my favorite gift? And it immediately put me back into that, that mindset of, you know, I don't know if I was five or, you know, what, however old I was. Right. right. And, uh, and, and so really creating that emotional connection and, and experience and allowing people to relive that, I think, is, is great. And my, my guess is that you're, you're pretty pra practiced at that and, uh, <laughs> and, and use that effectively when, when trying to, to get people to donate or to, to become volunteers. Yeah. What, what is your, what's your model in terms of, of how, do you, how are you funding um, all this great work that you're doing? So it is... Um Individual donors that we're super thankful okay. for and small businesses. Um, we have a couple larger businesses um, that are statewide sponsors for us, like SafeLight. We are incredibly blessed that SafeLight has come on as a statewide sponsor for us and really helps us um, with logistics. You wouldn't imagine the logistics behind uh, facilitating six toy shops and impacting 15,000 kids. It, it does become um, need for uh, movement and things and storage. So they're a huge um, partner of ours statewide. And then we've just been, you know, really fortunate that we've connected with, you know, small businesses from electricians to um, construction companies to a law firm to credit unions. And it really kind of depends on what community we're in, what that looks like. And mm -hmm. obviously in the metro area, we have our biggest impact and our most sponsors, but uh, we have some really great sponsors um, in all of our communities that really help us. Um, but we could always use more. Um, sure. You know, the more support we have financially from um, businesses and individuals, the bigger our impact. 
So, you know, $25 can um, ensure that a child has a new big toy at our toy shop. But then if you, you know, become a sponsor at a $500 level or a $1,000 level in one of our smaller communities, that money goes really far for us because we work with wholesale partners to be able to purchase in large quantities, um, which reduces our cost. I'm just trying to get a, uh, an understanding of all the constituents and all the, all the stakeholders that are involved yeah. in, in all of this process. And so I've, I've heard, you know, small donors, individual donors, uh-huh. um, business donors, um, sounds like you have some corporate sponsors. Yep. And um, we have grants. We have amazing, okay. um, grants that we've received, um, over the years that support the work that we do. Um, some of those are private foundations. So, they hear about us and ask us to apply and then they start funding us. Um, and then some are um, grants from businesses or organizations that, that anyone can apply. And so we do our work to get that. And then we have people who donate um, physical items to us. So during our toy shop collection season, we have uh, people donate new toys. Um, typically it's about 2000 plus toys across the State that are actually donated to us um, in a non-COVID season. It'll be interesting to see what our numbers look like in about a month um, when we're collecting from the few locations that still wanted to collect actual toys. Right. Um, so we've had to we've had to pivot a little, but our, our biggest stakeholders are um, individual donors, small businesses, um, some corporate sponsors, and then grants. Okay, great. So how are you, how are you getting the word out? What, what's been working for you or what, what have you, where, where have you been challenged to, to bring awareness to your program, particularly to the, to the beneficiaries of it? Um, you know, when you're talking about people who make $12,000 or less a year, uh, or 15, sorry, 15,000 or, or less, yeah. um, your opportunities to, to reach that audience is those become a little bit of a challenge. What, what have you been doing or how, how are you getting that word out? So that is one of the questions we ask everyone when they come to our events. How did you hear about us? Because that's important for us to make sure that we're staying connected in those resources that work to reach them. So our biggest way of reaching people is social media. So we have a very active Facebook account and we create an event for each of our toy shops or our backpack events. So families um, hear about us on social media and then they start sharing it. So a lot of social media, a lot of word of mouth, which I think the word of mouth comes a lot through social media. We can look at our statistics and see people tagging people when we're, when we're making posts. Um, We also have a list of um, nonprofits and schools in each of our communities that we reach out to directly. We send them a flyer and encourage them to share the information with the people in that community. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another partner that we have um, across the state is United Way. So if somebody were to call 211 in their community, and if we are running a toy shop, then they will share the information. And um, then in Denver, one of our partners is um, Telemundo. So Telemundo, we serve a high Hispanic population in Denver. So Telemundo is one of our partners that also helps get the word out. Oh, great. So they're doing some, some kind of 
pro bono advertising mm-hmm. on yeah on, and, and do, talking about it and, yeah so some psas and then they um share the information on their social media as well okay that's great i mean those that that's amazing. Are you doing any paid search or paid advertising um, on any of these platforms? No, we do not have the budget. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, you know, to be honest, for the most part, we haven't really needed to. Um, We found a few hiccups. um, You know, last year, we had to change a location uh, for our Pueblo toy shop. So we did see um, a dip in traffic and we think it was because we switched locations. So we've gone back to our original location and then just really starting to utilize those Facebook groups that, um, you know, where people share about stuff um, and things like right. that. But our other locations, you know, seem to be, seem to be doing well. And then again, I believe the uptick in, um, the uptick in traffic um, for Denver is, is really social media. So just being smart about using that. I mean, it would be great if we had a budget to do um, some targeted ads, but we don't. I would rather buy toys for kids than spend right. money trying to uh, reach more people. So what it sounds to me like like increasing donations is a big uh, a big item on your list of, of things to to either dive into a little a little further or or discuss. Um, what are some other challenges that you've been facing either this year or, or just in general, as you look to, you know, a, a normal type year? Um, is it, is it driving donations? What, what's, uh, what's most challenging for you guys? What, what are, what are you struggling with? Um, I would say, um, you know, getting our name out in some of the smaller communities that we're in. So, um, you know, Now that our biggest partner that we had in Longmont um, ownership changed of the dealership Mm -hmm. we were working with, um, you know, now we need to find more funders in the Longmont area. And our plan in January and February was to really start working on that, you know, March, April, May, but then COVID hit and nobody's going to meet with you. Nobody's wanting to hear about what you're doing. Um, so I think that definitely it's it's a challenge. Um, I would say in certain communities for us to grow our sponsorship, therefore the engagement from the community that can financially support us, not the not the mm-hmm. people who need us because we know there's a need. Um, so that's a challenge. Um, a staffing is a challenge. So if we can bring in more money, then we can hire another yeah, staff absolutely. person, um, which would be huge for us to um, split some of the load a little bit off of Julie and myself to have a third staff person. So that, you know, that was a goal to have at the end of this year, or early next year. And that was all prior right. to COVID. You know, these were hopes and dreams we had in January. And then three months later, um, everything gets shut down. So I would say those are, you know, our bigger challenges that we wow. would see anyway. Um, and then COVID brings this challenge that businesses aren't open and Uh, People are not going into businesses as much that we would have seen previously. So, you know, a year ago, we had over 120 barrels across the state collecting toys for us in different businesses. And I think maybe we're at 20. Um, So we know there's going to be a reduction in um, physical items donated to us. So we've tried to pivot and encourage people to shop our Amazon wish list. And then they can still give an item, um, you know, if they feel that they want to be able to pick out something, they can go to Amazon and then ship it directly to us. Um, 
But money is, you know, a monetary donation, you know, allows us to purchase on a greater scale because, you know, we're scaling our purchasing ability, whereas, you know, a donor is doing a one-off. But at the end of the day, we really want the donor to do what's best for them. If that is going to a store and buying and dropping off, if that's shopping an Amazon wish list, or if that's making a monetary donation, because at the end of the day, it will still impact kids gotcha. in need. Have you been messaging that? My, actually, my, my wife has done a ton of work in nonprofits over the years. And one of the things that, that she recognized and saw is a lot of people do like the idea of, of providing a physical thing as opposed to just here's some money. Um, however, the message, which, you know, you've, you've touched on for sure is that, a you know, a $200 monetary gift can actually go a lot farther than a $200, you know, even a, even a series of toys that, that cost the same amount. I don't know why I picked $200. That was just what popped into my head, but, um, but you guys based upon your buying power and the, and the relationships that you have, you can make that that monetary gift go a long way. Um, have you, have you faced that in terms of messaging at all, or you just want people to, to be able to make that choice themselves without any, any real influence? You know, I think that, um, those are more conversations that we have on an individual basis. Um, you know, because I think people are so, um, overstimulated Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe even more so with COVID zoom meetings, all of that, that their span of how much of an email are they going to read, um, that you have to kind of tailor your messaging, you know? Um, and again, the majority of the people, especially during the holidays want to go shop Mm -hmm. for something. Um, so, you know, the beautiful thing about having a sponsor and securing a sponsor and saying, these are our options is saying, that when you give us $500, you're giving us that mm-hmm. buying power. So, you know, that's part of why, why we drive sponsorship and why we look to always increase our sponsorship because the sponsorship is where, for the most part, we'll get that extra, um, that extra buying power. But then we also have, you know, amazing donors that the end of the year is coming and they look and they're like, you know, we've got to do our end of right. the year giving. And so they look at their end of the year giving and they give, you know, um, to us, whether, their end of the year giving is a gift of 50 or $500. Um, you know, they realize that, that they need to do some of that actual monetary giving. Gotcha. One of the things that it can be effective is providing people with several options in terms of their giving. Um, and so as you're messaging, you know, ways to help, um, the providing people with the opportunity to say, you know, donate money. And then you can say a hundred dollars buys this, um, donate physical gifts, you know, and a hundred dollars, you know, there's some way to maybe message that to, to demonstrate to people how, uh, how the monetary donation could actually go a lot farther. Um, just allowing people to participate, uh, particularly this year as you're facing a bit of an economic crisis and, and, you know, as well as a health crisis and all these other crises that we're, we're navigating, um, you know, allowing or or providing that opportunity to share your mission with their network, um, you know, allowing those, that volunteer aspects to come into play as well. Um, even if it's just, you know, here, 
here's a blurb that you can share on social um, to help promote our what we're doing. Just providing that kind of guidance, I think, is is super helpful, um, particularly when people are, are a little time strapped as well, um, you know, and feeling feeling the crunch of things. Um, if you can just make that easier for them, then that's a, an opportunity to get get that message out. It it sounds like you have a decent donor base and a decent volunteer base that you've built up over the years. Have you? tried to enlist those people as sort of your, your army and in terms of getting, getting the message out. So really leveraging that power of social media. So I think that, um, we do a decent job. Um, again, I think if we were a larger staff and there was more time, um, in the day that, that we could do a better job. Um, it is definitely something that I always look at, like, how can I turn, you know, on a typical year, our Denver toy shop between setup and giveaway is about 500 volunteers and they range in age from kids that are five and or eight and older now. So we know that, you know, we, some of those are like family units and things like that, but how do we turn every volunteer into a donor? Um, you know, as much as you can try and message and do that. So then we've also come up with other ways to say, look, you don't necessarily have to donate to us. Um, you can link your King Supers yep. card to our organization. And then if you shop at King Supers, you're, you're going to support us. Um, you can link your Amazon Smile account to us. And you're shopping Amazon for, you know, holidays or whatever, and you're still supporting us. Um, currently, um, in the month of November, we've partnered with um, a local boutique in Cherry Creek North. Um, so if somebody donates $50 to our organization, Garberini and Cherry Creek North, through November 15th, we'll give you 15% off your purchase. You just have to show them the donation. Uh, We partnered with Skipper and Scout, which is a a children's boutique in Vail through December 15th. And it's the same thing. So if you make a $50 donation to us um, and you can, then you order online and they'll give you a code to um, get a discount. And if you live in the metro area, they'll ship your stuff for free. And then Kendra Scott, which is um, a jewelry um, brand um, that is online and in uh, Cherry Creek North and Park Meadows, we're doing a shopping event with them. But they've really done a great job of pivoting with COVID as well, because previously um, in years past, you could only shop Mm -hmm. in store for your items or call the store. Well, now um, they have a code that you can use online. So they've done a really beautiful job of pivoting. So we've tried to expand the ways that people can impact us and then still get their Christmas mm-hmm. shopping done. Um, still, you know, fulfill what they're trying to fulfill if, even if their budget has been impacted. So if somebody's like, you know, I don't have $25 to donate, that's okay. Just connect us to your King Supers or connect us to your, to your Amazon smile account, you know, while you're shopping and then money will come to us. Yeah. Those are all great, great opportunities. I wrote an article a while ago about, about wearing too many hats. Um, it was something that I recognized that I was doing in, in my business. And I think I'm, I'm hearing that as well, uh, with, with you and your team, since it's so small, there's just two of you, you guys are wearing a a lot of different hats in in any given day. Um, one of the things that, that might be interesting to explore is a, is a simple outreach to that, that donor list and that volunteer list and see if somebody has the ability to help take some of those activities off of your plate. So I'm thinking social media, um, you know, 
if, if not crafting all the messaging, um, helping with the, the distribution of, the, of that messaging, you know, writing emails, following up with people, just enlisting that, those enthusiasts who've expressed that they believe in, in your mission and have supported that in the past. Right. And how can we get them uh, motivated and, and empowered to, to take it one step further and really, um, you know, drive some of these activities that, that you're needing to tackle on a day-to-day basis. Um, and that's, it's always a challenge to come up with what, what can you let go of <laughs> to, to, to figure out. Right. And, um, and there's a, a new book and I can't remember the author right now, but it's called, uh, who not how, um, that's, that's recent, that's just been dropped. And it comes out of this, uh, idea that most of us tend to think, particularly entrepreneurs who are excited about learning new things and, and trying new stuff and knowing everything there is to know about every little thing. Um, right. you know, we tend to get in the weeds about how does, how do I get this done as opposed to who do I, who do I get to do this for me? And so the, the more quickly right. that you can kind of migrate your, your thinking on that to, uh, and I'm, I'm struggling with this myself. Um, but you know, get my mind wrapped around, you know, who do I get to do this as opposed to, okay, how do I do this? And, um, and, and I think that, that based upon this, this history that you have in terms of, of having a lot of really impassioned people, um, supporting your mission, that, that there are probably some people out there that could, could help with some of that lift. Yeah, and we do outsource um, our newsletter and our website management, um, which is a huge, um, a huge help for us. And and then our blog writing, um, you know, just realizing that there's not enough hours in the day. And that isn't the best use of my time. Um, But it's a it's the people that we have doing that have done an amazing job. And it makes my life easier to know that I can just hand off the task of adding a sponsor or creating a form or writing a blog and say, this is what we need to cover, craft it and I'll review it. Um, we have had um, some people take on some of our right. social media to help alleviate that. So the only social media that I am really um, dealing with is like when it's in the live. So we did a photo shoot over the weekend with a magazine and I was sharing like the live stuff that was happening. So people can see the actual, like us in action, not just um, the curated crafted pieces, but also see we're really in action today. We're really doing something. So um, it has made it nicer. And then I think, you know, when we can, um, you know, we definitely try to utilize our volunteers as much as we can. We're in a really small office space right now. So that presents some challenges, but we're hoping um, that by the end of the year that we will be in a new space and um, starting in 2021, um, COVID restrictions right. followed or lifted or whatever, that we will have more opportunities for volunteers to come in and help in other ways that we could really use them. We just don't right. have the space. Um, so being in a position to say, now we have the space, we would love for you to come and do X, right. Y, and Z on a continual basis. Can you do that for us? And really then be able to engage um, those volunteers that, you know, maybe they only have two hours a week, or maybe they only have five hours once a month, but get on a schedule that says, 
gosh, we really need you and we would love to have your right. five hours right. or whatever it well, is. I can imagine that, you know, assembling backpacks and and doing some of the things that you've you've told me about that you guys that you guys do on a regular basis. Um, my my guess is, and correct me if I'm wrong, but but were those normally kind of community events where you would bring people together and and kind of package things up and and have an assembly line kind of kind of situation to to build those kits for for kids when you were doing the backpack like the school supply stuff? So it's. Yeah. So we really do a pop-up event for all of our stuff. So we set up on a Friday giveaway on a Saturday and yes, we have had backpack assembly lines. Um, but what we also do is we purchase them pre-packaged. So, um, it's more cost effective Mm -hmm. for us, um, to purchase them pre-made, but each year, you know, we have a couple hundred that we still end up stuffing. Um, so we do that um, on our setup day or in the morning of. And then um, similar to our toy shops, when we are setting up on a Friday, all of our communities except for Denver give um, family stockings. And there's some stuff that gets put in those. So they assembly line on Friday um, and then give away on gotcha. Saturday. So you have, you have that, uh, in and out kind of dialed in. <laughs> That's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yes. Do you, do you see the need for in kind kind of, or not in kind, but, uh, like venue donations? I, when you do these pop-ups, are, are you renting a space for a couple days or are you getting those, those donated that, that venue? So um, for our backpack event, all of our space was donated, um, which was amazing. So all of our locations got donated space through partners um, in our community. And then for our toy shop, um, two of them I think we have to pay for and the rest is donated space. Um, We've worked with some churches and they've just been really um, wonderful to give us their space. Unfortunately, You know, Denver is such a large space. And years ago, we tried to go into like Mm -hmm. warehouse space that were, you know, like an old Kmart or whatever. And, you know, we're asking for a Friday to a Saturday. So like 48 hours. And when we had looked and mind you, this Walmart, I mean, not Walmart, Kmart in Denver is still sitting empty. They wanted $15,000. And I'm like, can you just not donate it? I can't imagine you're going to lease the space and or, you know, whatever in. Right. 30 days. So we work with the National Western mm-hmm. Complex in Denver and um, they work with us on pricing. Um, you know, they have become a great partner of ours just in terms of it's a really great space. Um, it's not in a neighborhood. There's plenty of parking. And when you're talking about serving 3000 kids. So we did a little over 3000 kids in Denver last year and it was like 826 families. So that's yeah, a lot of traffic, um, a lot of parking, a lot of all of that. So um we really don't think that we would move um, Denver at all just because everybody knows that we're there. It's mm-hmm. a given. This is where we're going to go. It's the first Saturday of December. But um, we've done. We've been very fortunate that in these other communities um, that we've been able to, some of them have gotten donated. I actually take that back. I do have to pay for Pueblo. We're in their convention center and gotcha. I have to pay them. But Well, it sounds like the, the location it is, what it is. Is, is important enough to, to warrant that expenditure at that point where, you know, everyone knows, everyone knows where they, you know, the convention center is or the, 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 
the, where the stock shows held and all that. So <laughs> that's a pretty, right. uh, I, I would say that, that that familiarity outweighs perhaps the, any free <laughs> opportunities that you might have. Right. And it's, it also becomes having a big enough space. So in Denver, when we're talking about serving up to 3,500 kids, um, you know, typically in a given year, COVID is interesting. So we don't have all the stuff that we typically have, but from, you know, toothbrushes and toothpaste for every kid to wooden toy cars to stuffed animals, all that, you know, we're talking, you know, 20 plus thousand items in a space. Um, so you have to have enough space to spread all of that out and have areas where everybody can go. So it also becomes not only location-based, but size-based. And there's not a lot of spacing that's open the first Saturday of December to allow us. Well, this year is certainly interesting. And there's, there's, there's more and more vacant, vacant space out there. Um, You know, whether it's large enough to accommodate what you're talking about is, is certainly another question. Um, But, but there's, there's inventory for sure. So it's kind of, it's kind of interesting how Mm -hmm. to to think about how you would get in front of, of those kinds of people who have access to that kind of, that kind of real estate that's open um, and available. Mm -hmm. But if, you know, if there was a year where, where that would become more likely, I'd say this year is, is high up on that list for sure. Yes, probably. How, um, in terms of donations again, how, how big is your list of, of past donors? You know, um, gosh, I don't totally know what that number looks like because I don't handle all of the donors, um, in terms of the number and our donor Mm -hmm. database. Um, I definitely know when a donation comes through and I know who our largest donors are and things like that. But in terms of how many different donations, you know, different donors we have gotten, I don't know that for individuals, but we're close to 40, if not more sponsors in 2020, meaning different companies. So 40 different companies that uh, more than 40 that have sponsored us throughout 20. How much visibility do you give to, to those sponsors? Is that something that, that they not only get a feel good, but there's also some potential, you know, we'll call it advertising for lack of a better word um, opportunity there. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of depending on what they're sponsoring. So we have um, three fundraising events a year. So we have a bullathon, a golf tournament and an auction. So let's say they sponsor a lane at our bullathon. There's visibility leading up to the event, listing them as a sponsor. They're on the event page on our website. They're listed as a sponsor on our Facebook page. And then on the program day of event, they're listed as a sponsor and then any press releases. If they're a sponsor of the golf tournament, then they have visible signage on the course listing them as a sponsor. Oh, and both events, they get to put stuff in our swag bag. So if they want to provide a marketing piece, um, then they can provide that to us. We give them the number and we put it in the the goodie bag, swag bag that people get. Same for our auction. So, um, but across all of those platforms, um, those, those events, they get website visibility, the actual page 
for this specific event visibility. Um, if they have a website on our corporate page, there's their logo and it will click through to their website. Um, we do thankful Thursdays on our social media. So we work through the sponsors and it doesn't matter if they're a $250 sponsor or a $20,000 sponsor, they get a shout out, um, on our social media. It's called our thankful Thursday. And it's usually, um, now we've, we've utilized our youth advisory board members to, um, do a shout out to our thankful Thursday, um, sponsors. So our middle school and high school students who support, um, our work through sitting on the youth advisory board are doing those thankful Thursday uh, videos for us. So I do believe for how small we are, that there's great visibility. There's thing, um, you know, stuff um, in our newsletter and things like that for them to get. Then, you know, at the end of the day, also depending on what they're sponsoring, they get to have a volunteer spot at our backpack event or our toy shop, which again is where I say the magic happens where people get to realize, Oh my goodness, like, this is where the impact is. The money that I gave, you know, to be a sponsor of the golf tournament, this is where it impacts. And this is how the work that they're doing truly changes lives. That's great. I, I, I was, that's a really good segue because I, I wrote, wrote down earlier, just see, seeing the impact and how can you leverage those opportunities either, either by the storytelling kind of like when you asked me what my, what my favorite gift was going back to your your crew in terms of your, your volunteers and your, and your donors and collecting those stories, um, to, to really emphasize this emotional impact that you are able to make with, with these kids and and these families. Um, so through video, you know, I can imagine that, that there might be a little, a little squickiness in terms of, of shooting video of, of the recipients. Um, but you could certainly get, get that as well and leverage that material. Um, you know, obviously get, get permission and, and be sensitive to how that story is being told. But in the absence of, of being able to show video of the, of the, the recipients actually, you know, experiencing this right now, um, going back to that crew and, and getting those, getting those stories, um, to, to, you know, just, kind of reinforce that tie-in and reinforce this, this great work that you're doing, I think would be, um, you know, a way to help, help elevate those stories a little bit, a a little bit more effectively and really, really get people's arms wrapped around, uh, you know, how important all this, all this is. Right. Absolutely. And we have done some utilization of that. Um, we do have a generous donor who does video for us. Um, kind of depends on her schedule. You know, can we can we fit it in? But you know, I would love to be able to you know connect with like a college student who has to uh, create video for uh, for their classes or something like that to uh, you know or their thesis or, you know, their final project, whatever it be to want to come on board and and interview people and and put together those videos. Because again, it's when you talk about who um, and how that is not Mm -hmm. my wheelhouse. Um, And that would take me a really long time. So I got to (laughs) stay where I'm the expert at, not venture out to where I would like to be. Um, But I hope as we grow, um, and get bigger that those are, those are definitely pieces that, um, 
we can utilize and, um, you know, craft the story that, that continues to share the magic. In the meantime, we usually um, utilize a family that's in one of our programs that we've impacted to kind of say to our donors and to people that are potential donors, like, this program changes lives. This program has changed my life, the life of my kids, and your donation will help them to continue the work that they do. So um, I'm looking forward to our video that will hopefully be finished before uh, Colorado right. Kids Day this year. So um, it's a really great story. And um, I think it hopefully it will compel some new people um, to become donors and realize that their support can, can really change the lives of people. Well, I think that's great. It sounds, sounds like you're doing the, the right things in terms of, of putting together some of those, some of those stories and, and building those experiences. Um, in terms of collecting the video, um, you know, that can be as easy as just an ask because I, I don't think it has to necessarily like each and every piece of that, of that, needs to be expertly shot and, and, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So just putting out an ask to, um, you know, a segment of, of your list and saying, Hey, we're collecting this. Would you, you know, take your iPhone and shoot a short video, uh, about, you know, about the first, the first present you remember getting, uh, the first gift that you, you remember getting for the holidays. Um, and, you know, I think that you would get some, some pretty fun things to be able to share that would be kind of, right. you know, you would, you could share them on, on social and obviously on your site, but, but that just capture that moment of, of people thinking about that question and, and delivering that answer. Mm -hmm. Um, what's so sounded like staffing. So increased revenue and donations to improve your ability to just reach more, more people is, is certainly what, right. what you're trying to do. Do you have a plan for that for 2021? Um, what are you doing for, for Colorado Gives Day and, and um, Giving Tuesday? So, you know, basically our biggest events happen um, right around mm -hmm. Colorado Gives Day. So, you know, really letting our constituents know, um, one, to set your donation early because you can't. So we reached out to our constituents today to remind them that you can pre-schedule your gift for Colorado Gives Day. Um, and to, you know, just again, remind them that them choosing Kenzie's causes as one of the organizations that they choose to support impacts kids across the state of Colorado and the kids that need um, our services the most, especially now during COVID. So really just reminding people that, you know, it's the end of the year. Families are definitely in need during the holidays and your donation to Kenzie's causes can really change the life of a kid and a family this holiday season for as little as, you know, $5 or $25. Um, you know, I think it's really important for me um, as the founder and executive director to honor people where they are at. And we have some really amazing long-term donors that where they are and what works for them is $10 a month. And to me, that does make a difference. Um, the fact that they chose us to become a monthly donor and give at a level that is meaningful to them means a lot to me as the woman who runs the organization and sees the impact and makes 
the decisions for the toys that I'm buying and, and that kind of stuff. Um, and same for Giving Tuesday. Um, you know, just again, reminding people that this is another time that you can give. It's a universal day of giving across the United States. And um, that by choosing us, you're choosing kids in Colorado who, I, who need us. Well, the the ask for, you know, a $10 per month donation is a, a lot smaller than asking for, you know, $100 right now today donation. And and so leveraging right. that power of, and it, and it does some things for your organization as well. You know, it gives you some predictability. Um, <laughs> you know, obviously people could potentially cancel mid-year, but at least it gives you a, right. a, an understanding of what cash flow might look like. Um, so instead of relying on everything pouring in, in at one time, giving people options to, to donate now, to donate over the course of the year, um, you know, to, to really then reframe the way that they think about that donation. Because I think a lot of us, you know, will go to Starbucks every day or, you know, three times a week. And that, that's, a you know, 20 something dollars. If you went to Starbucks three times a week, well, what if you, what if you just took one of those weeks and, and put that toward a monthly, a monthly donation? And so we, we, we tend to, a lot of times we tend to get very focused on, on the dollar figure. And when you can attach that to a, an outcome. So what does $20 mean in terms of, of, you know, a kid's happiness or attach that to a, a frivolous purchase in terms of, you know, this is something that you're, that you're just kind of throwing that much away on, on, you know, something that maybe you don't really need and, and tying those two things together. Um, you know, when you can, when you can reset that narrative, um, that can be really super helpful in, in driving those donations. Right. And, you know, one of our goals for 2021 is to increase our monthly sponsors and to really focus on getting monthly donors to sponsor a kid in our Kinsey's Kids program. We have about 100 active kids in our program. And that one that we meet with them monthly and we provide them a birthday, a gift card for their birthday during the month and things like that. Um, and connecting that real child to a real donor and saying, you know, this is the child that you're helping. Their name is Tino. He's in kindergarten. Here's a photograph of him. And your $25 a month donation will ensure that he gets to come to our monthly events, that he gets a birthday gift card and a card the month of his birthday. So that is really our focus for 2021 is to get all 100 of those kids. And it sounds you know, easy. I was having this conversation the other day and, and my friend was like, oh, that's easy. I'm like, sounds easy, <laughs> right. sounds easy. But getting somebody to pull the trigger and spend the five minutes to sign up to become a monthly donor is completely different. I'm like, so my goal in 2021 is to get a hundred kiddos sponsored monthly and have those people commit. Because like you're saying, um, you know, people can give up that Starbucks. I mean, I get an IC from Starbucks every day. Um, so I know, but I also think that once people do it, if it's a small enough amount, you forget mm -hmm. that you're doing it. It just comes out of your account and you're, you know, you're just like, Oh, it's there. So I already know that it's gone. I don't have that discretionary income because I'm making a contribution. And not only is my contribution going to a nonprofit, but now it's, I know whose life it's changing. 
And so, you know, if we can get a hundred people at $25 a month in 2021, that's a, that's a great oh, yeah, addition to revenue that I amazing. can count on. Um, so what you just described is sort of the save the children model. And we I've been a donor to save the children for, I don't even know how many years now. And, and right. they do a really fantastic job of tying your sponsorship. So the, the language that they use, um, to a specific, uh, a specific kid in, in, you know, in some country that, that you're supporting. And then the other thing that they do a really good job of, cause I know they've done it to me every year is come, you know, going back to that well, going back to those people that have donated once and trying to get them on a $5 a month plan. Um, or a $10 a month plan. And then the next year going back to them and saying, you know, thank you for being a donor. We really appreciate it. You know, for an extra two fifty a month, you, your, you know, your positive effect goes this far. And so really just continuing to um, engage with those people who have demonstrated that they, that they're engaged with you um, can be, can be really helpful. And if you could just transition, you know, just going back to that donor list of people who've either either made that leap once and and just trying to get them to to do something you know monthly um, I, I think that that would be the the lowest hanging fruit for for you guys in terms of of who to, to start to target um, with with that ask and and when you frame it as you know all we're asking is for five dollars a month um, you know which is sixty dollars a year um, that's you know, that's not a, that's not a huge ask for a lot of people. And so I think coming at it from that perspective of, of let's just get people used to this and, and setting your goals to, you know, let's get a hundred people to, to move from a one-time donation to, to a, a monthly donation um, at whatever level I think is, is a fantastic goal to set. Yes. So for 2021, we're hoping that that we hit that that number, and then we can, um, you know, really show our those donors um, as well, you know, the specific impact that they're having. And I to sponsor a child. Um, she is the same age as my daughter that I started the organization in memory of. So Kinsey's causes is started in memory of my daughter Kinsey, who was still born in 2007. And I sponsor a little girl that shares the exact same birthday uh, as my daughter and she will be 14 in January. And so, um, you know, I know that I'm, I would be spending more than $38 a month to, to raise my daughter and I get to make a difference in the life of this, this child in Africa. Um, because of right. my own daughter, you know, making, making this choice that for $38 a month, I can go without and knowing that I'm going to change the life of, right. of another child. So I, I think that, that fingers crossed that we find a hundred amazing people who, who believe like you and I, that, 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 that monthly donation, um, well, I lives. think that's amazing. And, and, uh, you know, Thank you for all the hard work you're doing and all the good that you're putting out there for, yeah. for Colorado's kids. So I'd like to end these. Oh, sure. Thank I'd like you. to end these. It's been an hour. I, I just flew by. I appreciate you taking the time. Wow. Um, yeah. So I like to end our discussions and our conversations with an ask because 
uh, I think that, that we need more action out there. And um, so if you were to have our listeners, and, and this will actually come out right around the Christmas holiday. Um, so it's, it'll be a, a few weeks before it comes yeah. out. Um, but if you, if you had an Tiny. ask for people, um, just something for them to do um, when they hear, after they, after they listen to this episode, what, what would you ask them to do? So I would say to look at your situation in life. And if you are able to give of your money, if you can make a monetary donation, I would love for you to donate to Kenzie's causes. And if you have another organization that speaks to you, I would encourage you to give to that organization, even if it is $5. If you are in a situation where you don't have any money to give, then I would encourage you to see if there is a way you can give of your time, or maybe you need to clean out your closet or the closet of your kids and take your gently used clothing and donate it to an organization that serves um, children or families or people in need of gently used clothing and um, make, make that gift. So I believe that during the holidays, there is a way for everyone to give regardless of your circumstances, whether it's your time or with a donation of money or a donation of your things that your kiddos have outgrown, or maybe it's the sweatshirt that's lived in your closet for five years that you're never going to wear. I think there's somebody out there that could still use that and that we all right now, especially can get. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much. How can people find you? Where, where should they go to get more information about your organization? So you can find us at kenziescauses.org. It's K-E-N-Z-I-S-C-A-U-S-E-S.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. All Fantastic. Well, thank you again so much for being on the show. It was wonderful talking with you. And here's to, here's to a really successful end of the year. Uh, just a really successful end of the year donation ask. And, yeah. uh, and here's to, to a real strong 2021 for you guys as well. Thank you so much for having me. I really My appreciate pleasure. your Thanks. time. All right, there you have it. Another great episode of Relish This, the purpose-driven marketing podcast. If you want to continue the conversation and see how we can unearth some gold for your organization, head over to relishstudio.com slash podcast to sign up to be a guest on the show. 